1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom The bulk of this season to figure out what's going on with the neuropathy and the issue that, that he's had there. Uh. Now you're not worried about rushing him back, just like you're not worried about rushing Stephen Curry or, or Clay Thompson back. Get Kavon Looney right. So it's Curry, it's Clay, it's Draymond, it's Looney as the fourth. Then I've given you the four young players to watch Evans, Poole, Pascal, Smilegeach, And I've got a path to five other players that the Warriors can acquire in some form a top 10 draft pick, right. a trade exception from the Iguodala deal, okay. a mid level exception that okay. will be available to them because they won't be a hard capped team anymore. And then I'm giving them two players that they can acquire if they choose to trade D'Angelo Russell. So you add it all up, and and you look at it, and that's three, seven, eight, five. That that's 13 players right there. Uh, that that's building a roster, but it's a roster of five players that under my plan are not currently on this Warriors team.
2: Okay. When I look at, can I add one more player from this year's roster? That we use this year as a determining year as to what he can be, because when I look back at the first Warriors championship, remember they had Andrew Bogut in the middle. They had a big guy. He doesn't demand the ball. He was a tough guy inside. He rebounded. He blocked some shots. He gave you a little bit of attitude. Okay. Yeah. Is it possible that now that Willie Cauley Stein's been in the year, been in the NBA a few years, what if they were able to mold him into a rebounding? Rim defender.
1: I like Willie Colley Stein playing on a team of, of high level talent. There you go. I, I like, I'll say this I like Willie Colley Stein more on the 2020 2021 Warriors than I do on the 2019 20 Warriors. So when those guys are healthy, he becomes more effective just in that. He's an
2: active big body who can do some positive things, and those other three guys. But he's not going to be on my list of guys. Like, you he, don't think it, that if, we can use this if, year if, and maybe say, you know, maybe
1: I've laid out thirteen roster slots. Mm-hmm. If I I'm laying out thirteen roster slots, if you want to add anybody else as a as a maybe, you know, if you want to say Colley Stein's a maybe, it, that, like that's a guy I would throw off to the side and say maybe. If the other thir- let's see yeah. how the other thirteen slots go first, okay, and then we'll see if Colley Stein fits. Then we'll see if uh, a guy like Chris fits. Okay. Then we'll see. But we're talking at that point. Now, I wouldn't put Collie Stein in this category, but I would put the others. Glenn Robinson III, Chris, anybody else, Alec Burks. You're starting to talk about the the 14th roster spot Okay. at that particular point in time. I think Collie Stein's better than that. But the Warriors are going to have to get their house in order with the rest of it before they start deciding about... And Willie Colley-Stein's somebody that, look, he had to take league minimum this year, so I have to think he's going to be looking at options, to, especially if he has a good year playing on a struggling team, he's going to be looking at options to, to try and get paid, I think, at a higher extent than maybe the Warriors would he, even be willing to offer. He is, but these guys getting hurt actually hurts him, because if he competes with those
2: other guys on the floor and he plays at a higher level because of those other guys, there might be a team out there that says there's value in that. I've always said Willie Cauley-Stein is the next Clint Capella waiting to happen. Clint Capella does nothing on his own. But when you've got three other guys or four other guys ringing the perimeter, or James Harden's one of those guys, everyone forgets about Capella. He can get you 15 and 10 on any given night. I think Willie Cauley-Stein can be that kind of guy with higher caliber talent around him. But we're not going to be able to find out this year because they don't have that higher level of talent around him on a consistent basis. Let's
1: get to Bob. Bob, you're up next here on 95. Seven of the game. Hey, Bob.
2: Gentlemen,
0: good morning. How are you today?
1: Good morning, Robert.
0: Yeah. Big, big, big fans of the shows. Um, beautiful fall day here in Brooklyn. I listen to you guys talk about my favorite team. Uh, and, Love the plan, JD. I'm really,
2: really on board with everything you're saying. Just curious about where you're thinking of uh, uh, Damian Lee in
0: this mix, and you
2: know everything we're looking at as far as this year and what what it's kind of turning out to be. I'm just, I really miss that defense, man. And I'm just curious to see how we can kind of step up our defensive game going into next year. Thanks so much.
1: You're gonna need you need to add players that are better defenders. And you know the Chilton Auto Buddy text line says, well, what about a reunion with Iguodala? Yeah, Igu- Iguodala would be somebody, uh, whether it's a, a veteran minimum deal, or maybe he he's long in tooth. puts himself... Well, he's al- he's also not going to play very much this year. He's right. not playing now. No. He's going to wind up getting traded or bought out, uh, and he's going to be a free agent.
2: now. But if you're him, aren't you going to the Clippers or the Lakers? Well, this or this year... T- you're right. You're for a one-year.
1: Yeah, but next year, again, he would actually be the perfect fit... If you want to get the band back together with the f- the four players that I mentioned and have him be another, again, we're talking about the fourteenth roster spot at that point in time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're talking about some depth that have, you know that has been. I would put Damian Lee to, to answer that question. And then we have a, a caller that wants to talk about the. I would put Damian Lee in the category of let's figure the rest of it out first. Okay, he's in my Chris Glenn Robinson the third Willie Cauley Stein category of. You need the other thirteen players to make sense first, and then you see where. A guy like Damian Lee fits. Okay, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Uh You know what? Let, let's go ahead and actually keep it moving. We're going to go ahead and keep it moving. Okay, we got Ramona Shelburne coming up uh, at ten thirty here on ninety five seven. The game, but we'll, we'll keep the conversation pushing here with with Nick. Nick, you're on ninety five seven. The game. Hey, Nick.
2: Hi, guys. Uh, you just, I guess, addressed Damian Lee. I just wonder what his he's had flashes of of. Uh, impressive flashes but uh, i just wonder with more playing time opportunity to play more now uh will he do you think he'll come of age or is he what do you think oh boy you I know don't, i
1: don't think i think he's a player that they're gonna need this year to fill and but i just i i don't i don't see him as a rotation player on a playoff team i just don't I, I think he's more than a two-way player, though, Co. Sorry to jump in on you. No, I agree with you on that, and and I
2: think that that's a fair statement for Damian Lee and what he can add. Uh, it's unfortunate that this season has taken the turn it has for the Warriors, and so you know, here is the other part when you want to say you you are trying to evaluate what guys can do. Is it harder to evaluate them because you don't have Curry, Thompson, Green on the floor? Because if you are you you know the old uh, saying, if you are on a on the floor with a bunch of bad guys, you can't really shine. Right, it, because everyone's getting their butts kicked all the time, or or everyone's getting pushed around. You don't have the same NBA timing, so it's hard to evaluate this. Or flip it; it's easier to evaluate. Either you you know you sink or swim. You're going to throw in. You're thrown into the deep end for some of these guys, and you get a chance to show what you can do. Damian Lee is he an NBA player? Yes. Is he a, a rotational guy on a team challenging for a championship? Probably not right now, and he's 27 years old.
1: It's John Dickinson, Jim Cosamore. It's Warriors this week here on 957 the game 8889579570 uh I I've laid out my plan for you is it a crazy plan to think that the Golden State Warriors can be a championship contending team by next season Go
2: can, ahead, I, can I well a couple of things I want to throw at this the single most competitive person involved with the Golden State Warriors is not a player who wears a uniform, it's not a person who stands on the sideline or sits in the front office. It's the guys who own the franchise. All right. Joe Lacob is the single most competitive person involved with the Golden State Warriors. Um, where does that fall into your plan of I think smart people sit back and they they know that sometimes it's ebb and flow, they just had their great rise, they had a great time. Some organizations know I've got to take a step back for a year or two. I don't see Joe Lacob as that guy. The same way I look at Steve Ballmer. If you look at what the Clippers did last year, remember when they made all those trades at the trade deadline and the NBA cognoscente said, oh, well, the Clippers are tanking for a uh, lottery pick and then they're going to go after some guys in free agency. And Ballmer came out and said, we're not doing that. We're not tanking. We're trying to make the playoffs. Doc Rivers, no, 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 we're not tanking. And they competed and competed and competed. They got the eighth seed. And Steve Ballmer was dancing around the locker room like they had won the NBA title just because they're a playoff team. I look at Joe Lacob as that guy. Is Joe Lacob a guy who looks at it and says, I can't wait for guys to develop. I've got to be so proactive and so competitive because I know my guys are going to be 32 and 30 and 30. They can't wait for young guys to be the ones to come up and do it. They have to be more proactive to go and find some guys who can play with Curry and Green and Thompson while they still have something left in
1: their game. I... I have been reluctant to use the T word because I just I don't think it's relevant. Sure. But I I think Joe Lacob wants to win, I think, more than anything. More than anything. More than anything he wants to win. I think he's smart enough to understand where this thing is at right now. And Ramona Shelburne is
2: going to join us in 13 minutes from now, did a piece on this, and I think it's going to be interesting to get her perspective.
1: Yeah, and, and Ramona just, she had to push back a little bit okay, on cool. that. So, yeah, we were going to have her and, and set things up to have her at 1030, but she had to push to 1040-ish. So, That's fine. yeah, she's going to be a little bit later here as we keep it moving on on 95.7, the game. Uh, it's about finding pieces that can be the, a part of the next championship caliber team that's what this season is all about and look we don't know the answer to that question with Jacob Evans Jordan Poole Eric Pascal, or Alan Smiling each we don't now we've seen glimpses of and I think Paschal may be more than any of the other three because we haven't seen Smiling each play at all but you know Pascal's somebody that could be you know maybe in that conversation but it's it, you have to group you have to put players in certain groups of how you want to evaluate them and, and those four young players when, when when we talk about development and and that's going to be something you know development development it's all how do the young guys play it's i want the focus to be on those four guys mm-hmm. and right now Evans is out and Smiley Geach is out so right now it means Jordan Poole and Eric Pascal how do they play and not just how do they play as getting comfortable being nba players but do they play in a manner that makes you think they can be rotation players on a on a championship caliber team in the near future. That's fine, but with, if you're Joe
2: Lacob, you're a big game hunter. You're sure. not a guy who sits around and says, "Boy, I want to see how these young guys are going to develop." Sure, but he's, that's this season, though. He's right, but you know, you had mentioned Giannis earlier. Is anyone? Is there anyone who's a Warrior fan who doesn't think he's going to pick up the phone and say, "I want a meeting"? Whether he's got a championship caliber team or not, of course he will. He is going to pick up the phone and say, "I want a meeting." Of course, I'm going to make my pitch.
1: That's all I want. Absolutely. See, I th- now the Warriors being able to get Giannis may not hinge on them getting a meeting, though. It it may hinge on him saying, "I want to go there," because I you think mind. the Warriors' path to getting Giannis. And look, you know, look, I've laid out the plan, but there's a lot of things that I think are, are pipe dreams, and I think Giannis is a so. I look. And I'm gonna. This is twofold. I'm the guy telling you that I think the Warriors can be a championship-caliber team next season. I'm also the guy telling you that I think Giannis right now, today, on November second, two thousand nineteen, is a pipe dream. Okay, that's fair. Uh, it, so it's just there's two different. You know, worrying about the number one pick versus the number nine pick right now to me is not worth it. I you agree. You know, trying to trying to find roles for Marquise Chris and Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks and even Willie Cauley Stein at this point. Not worth it. Right. It's about your core championship guys, which okay. there are four of, Curry, Thompson, Draymond, Looney. It's about the four young guys, Poole, Pascal, Evans, Smiley-Geach. And then it's about the five other roster spots that you can fill with a top-ten pick, a trade exception, a mid-level exception, and in my mind, two players, although it may wind up being one, but two players you can acquire if you decide to that D'Angelo Russell is is not a piece you want to have around with the other core. And someone else has to decide
2: that that is a piece that we can build with and move forward with. And I do think that there's going to be an interesting evaluation of D'Angelo Russell. I think last year, dragging a Nets team into the playoffs, playing competitive, being one of the fun teams to watch in the NBA, and the Nets last year were one of the it teams to watch. If your club wasn't playing that night, you knew you were watching the Nets last year. It was just a fun team. This year, is D'Angelo Russell going to build on that? Or is he just going
1: to be another guy? Is he just going to be another guy? It's going to be hard for D'Angelo Russell to have the season that he had last year because he's going to be playing with inferior talent. But didn't he play with inferior talent last year? Wasn't Wasn't Brooklyn a team Brooklyn's of, other talent. Try, weren't we the try-hard Nets? We're the try-hard Nets. Brooklyn's other talent last year was... The Warriors would love to have that talent. Okay, this, this year's Kenny Warriors Atkinson
2: would... get credit for making them play that way. Sure.
1: Then I think Steve Kerr ought to be expected to get his guys to play as hard. It's, well, play as hard. But here's the thing: when you're not winning, play. You know, playing hard, you're not going to get the playing hard. You know, you're not going to get. Well, they play really hard, unless you're winning enough. Right. You got it. Well, that's true. Like, like, well, the, the Warriors I, could, I don't know no, the Warriors could play, you know, the Warriors could play exceptionally hard the next 10 games and go one and nine. And you know what? One and nine. Nobody's going to say, boy, they're playing hard. Brooklyn got credit. I disagree. Brooklyn got credit for that because they were winning games and they were playing hard. And there was this misconception that they had no talent. I OK, I'll give uh, I may
2: agree that the talent was undersold or underappreciated. But I do think that's one of the mantras you heard from other teams. We, you know when a team plays hard. You know when a team is out there giving it their all because you hear other teams talk about it. I'll be honest with you. The team I had to watch last year was the Sacramento Kings, which was a fun team to watch and won 39 games. No one ever accused them of playing hard every night. They
1: scored a lot of points. They fooled a couple of teams along the way. See, I thought they played really hard all year last See, year. See, I don't know if they I did. actually think they played a level... And watching them this year, the the first handful of games, I think they played a lot harder last year. I
2: think they played offensively harder, defensively not. But you didn't hear a lot of people saying, boy, they're playing hard every night. So I hear that about other teams, win or lose. And I'll just follow that. People will tell you if the Warriors are playing hard. Other coaches will respect it. Um, They know the Warriors. And by the way, and this is the other thing that's going to make this year tough, other organizations see the Warriors down. They're not feeling bad for them. They're not feeling bad for them. They're going to go out and they're going to try to kick them while they're down. That's and a fact. they're going to kick them again. That's a fact. You know, they're not going to – when they win by 10, it's not – you know what? They're, they're not afraid to win by 20 because you've had your good times. Guess what, everybody? There are some teams in the league. It's a competitive league, and they're going to try to kick you and embarrass you sometimes.
1: It's just the way it is. No doubt. I mean, and, and Draymond Green alluded to that last night. I mean, the, the Warriors have had their way with – Every team in the league for the last five years, and and now it's you know the script is, is flipped. Yep. The Warriors are going to have to own it, and they're going to have to handle themselves with with I, I think the the same level of class that they handled themselves when they went out and got beat by the Toronto Raptors in the finals. I mean, the way the Warriors went out, you know you you could you probably couldn't have scripted it any better. The the, the you know that team was playing hard, even though they were banged up, right to the bitter end. Right.
2: And they showed appreciation to Toronto when they won, not like the Isaiah- led uh, Pistons when the Bulls finally beat them with the Pistons. I think there were
1: a lot of people that were waiting for the Warriors to lose whenever their, their run ended of, of just just winning the back-to-back championships and they were sure. going for the three Peat. That particular portion of the run was going to end at some point., yep. and I think there were a lot of folks out there that were thinking, boy, when when that run ends, it's going to be really ugly in terms of how the Warriors handle losing. It turns out they couldn't have handled losing any better. Which I think was kind of a, in some ways that was a little bit of a, uh, a uh, stand on the scores table and a junk grab and and yeah okay, you know to, to to those that thought that they didn't have that level of class in them which which I mean if you've watched in the last five six years you would think one hundred percent that they would, but I think there's a lot of fans in other markets that were thinking they were not going to display were, the class that they did.
2: There was a, here's, Listen, this is the graduation of the Warriors. They were the most fun team. Draymond Green was the best story in the NBA the year. He got named an All-Star the first time when his mom gave him the news that he was an All-Star. It was a fabulous story in the NBA, and they were a fun story because they were up and coming and they were doing interesting things that other teams weren't doing. They went from that to eventually wearing the black hat. That's how it was. They were the best story. They became the bad guy. Now everyone wants to kick them around a little bit. Except in the Bay Area, we love them here.
1: John Dickinson, Jim Cozumore. It's Warriors this week. Ramona Shelburne's going to join us coming up here uh, at about 1040. Uh, So stay tuned for that. And we roll on here on 95.7 The Game.
2: Warriors, this week continues on 95.7 The Game.
1: John Dickinson, Jim Cozumore, and you, 888-957-9570, 888 The great Ramona Shelburne will join us coming up in 10 minutes here on 95.7 The Game. She wrote uh, about the Warriors and the notion of the T-word. Sorry about
2: that. <clears throat> it's so cold you're hanging meat in here, so I had to uh, put on my down vest. You keep it cold, brother.
1: Well, it's not even me. I don't even adjust it. I know, I know cuz we I go just way back. I just moved it up. We go way back and and there was an era, yes, <laughs> where I did like to keep it at about 60 degrees. Oh my god. I but know. But that was more in my control room era than my talk studio era. Yeah, I know. I have a t shirt, I have a
2: hoodie, and then I've got a down vest on. I will be taking two of these off when I leave the office.
1: I actually don't come in. I I have never touched that thermostat, believe it or not. I don't believe it. In the year and a half that we've been here, I've I don't never believe touched it. it because you, I don't think it I don't think I think it has a mind of its own anyway.
2: It is a dark, dank cave when I work with John Dickinson. He has the shades down. He, I don't. Even, you know tomorrow's fall back day. You don't. Even, it doesn't even matter to you because it's always a dark, dank, cold facility when we well, work. And
1: and the, and the irony of that is, I love bright, open. So do I. Rooms.
2: Yeah, so do I. I'm a big room, big. Give me a lot of sunlight, guy. And man, you got the shades down, drawn. Oh, man, the only light we're getting is from two television screens that we have in here. That's what we do. That's what we do. You hunker down, and you work, and you push through. I'm looking forward to talking to uh, Ramona Shelburne. I want to get her perspective. Listen, she's been covering... She's national. She's been covering the Warriors like every other national person. But now they are looking at them through a different lens. So what is that... What are they seeing? What are they hearing when they talk to these people? When Steve Kerr says this is the new normal, it sounds a little bit defeatist. I don't think any. Warrior fan went into the season thinking this was the new normal. I think they thought, listen, it's a little step back, but we're still a playoff team. But talking to Joe Lacob, who is, again, the most competitive person involved in the Warriors' operation, where does she see this organization heading in a, in a competitive direction? Is it a, it's going to take us a while? Is it a, I know my guys are going to be 30-plus, I better step on the gas and start to spend in ways to make them competitive and, As instantly as I can, so I'll be intrigued to hear from Ramona Shelburne what she says about the Warriors
1: and her. The quotes in her story with Joe Lacob, it's against every single thing I and we stand for in terms of tanking. Uh, We will fight like hell, develop our young guys, learn to win. You don't get better by trying to lose. Our entire organization is about winning, and we will win. Some bumps in the road, perhaps. But we will never accept losing. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm reluctant to u- even use that word. And I haven't right. used that word in, in my explanation of things.
2: Let me give you the worst case scenario. You're just going to play. I'm going to give you the worst case scenario, and you tell me how likely this is. This is the greatest, the, the most recent greatest franchise that we have seen. And in our lifetimes, we've seen a few of them. We saw the Detroit Pistons win two in a row. We saw the Celtics win. We saw the Lakers win. We saw the Pistons win two in a row. We saw the Bulls become a different version of Dynasty. They won three with Michael. He left for a year and a half. They won three more with Michael. And the Bulls have been off the radar since then. Next, it was the Los Angeles Lakers with three Pete, with Phil Jackson, with Kobe, with Shaq. But that the Lakers have been off the radar since then. How likely is it? And this is the worst case scenario that you just saw the next version of the greatest franchise in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors, five year run of dominance. But we're about to see their time has come and gone and there will be a new team that steps into that void and the Warriors will become a memory. Remember when they were. Remember when they had. The first MVP who was unanimous, the back-to-back MVPs, the three and five years. it could have been four a three peat if they didn't get so incredibly injured against the Toronto Raptors. Is it possible that we saw their best shot and now we're going to see them become the end of the so let's start with the Pistons run. they became nothing. The end and they eventually came back in one one. the end of the Bulls Run who have done nothing, the end of the Lakers run who have been spit for years now since the Kobe and Shaq
1: years. Is it well? well you don't no, want to no, say no. is they, it what no, are they writing yeah, into the sunset? Yeah, I guess the Kobe yeah. Gasol years. I mean they won. But, but I guess you count that as Kobe. Well, I, I won two say, championships. Yeah. Okay. They won two championships with Kobe and no Shaq. But they have but they but they haven't been anything for
2: they have not eight, come back eight years. Right. Are we is this the beginning of a much longer void than we would expect? I don't think
1: that we can say that today. Not definitively. I, I think it's more—today uh, you have—and look, I laid out the plan earlier, and we'll get into it with Ramona Shelburne as well. I laid out the plan without using the T-word to where I think they could be a championship contending team again next year. Could it be the end of the run? Could the run be over and they never get back to a finals? Well, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could— they, but I mean, never back to prominence. No, I think they're going to be, I think if they're healthy They're relevant next you, you yeah, think, I think there's they're going to be a playoff team next year.
2: A playoff team is fine, but are they going to be the Orlando Magic who get into the playoffs and then just get kicked in the first round? That remains to be seen.
1: But I think healthy and 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 using the means that they will have to add players, I think they're a playoff team next year. I think they're right back into the mix next year. Interesting. All right. That sounds interesting. I think they're more likely to be right back into the mix next season than, than be completely done, and this is the start of a five-year run of you know, being a lottery team. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't see that at all right now today. But okay. I do think it's fair to say once a team goes bad, it becomes harder to flip it back.
2: Let me, well, let me use that then as, a, as we springboard forward. We're going to get Ramona Shelburne in a couple of minutes. When Joe Lacob took over this team, they were god-awful. They were a bad, bad team, a bad operation, a bad organization that had been bad for 18 years. What, 17 of 18 years? They were one of the most horrific organizations in the NBA. Because he has the experience of taking that team from that point and flipping it, does that help him? Does that give him the experience to redo this again? Do we sit back and say, you know what, Lacob did it once. 100%. Why can't he do it again?
1: 100%. Okay, so he gets the benefit of the doubt. He does get the benefit of the doubt. He's earned the benefit of the doubt because he got Bob laughed Myers, at. Bob Myers has earned the benefit of the doubt. Now, even Steve Kerr, if you give him a certain level of talent, has earned the benefit of the doubt.
2: Now, well, that you know, certain level's got to be pretty
1: good. He, he Steve never won with average talent. He's never coached with average. And talent. And now we're going to find out if he can. Well, but we're, we're, no, we're really not because he has significantly below average talent. He See, does. That's the thing like people are going to come down Steve Kerr's road now. And, look, I think this is a different conversation a week ago than it is now. Okay. A week ago, if you have Curry and you have Draymond. Look, if you have Curry, you have Draymond, you have D'Angelo Russell, and you get healthy, loony. If you have the team that the Warriors intended to have this season, and and they're healthy and they're playing, and they don't make the playoffs, and they struggle, then I think it's a fair conversation to to speak about Coach Kerr's acumen. If that team wins 37 games, that's fine. But if this team wins 25 without Curry all year, I don't, like – You can't really come down Steve Kerr's road for that. He gets a mulligan. In my mind, he's going to get a mulligan. Okay, this year Steve
2: Kerr gets the mulligan, and then you figure out what they can put together next year.
1: All right, I'll give you that.
2: I have no problem thinking that way, but I do think this is just going to be such a different, almost a a bone-chilling year for people who have watched this team because they've forgotten what this is like. A lot of Warrior fans have forgotten what this season is like. And you might say that you're willing to put up with it because of the greatness you just had for seven years. And I keep emphasizing seven because you've been significant for seven years. You've won championships in that five-year span, but you've been significant for seven. I praise you for saying you're used to it, but it's hard to watch on a nightly basis. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch. You're going to watch, I know. But there's going to be some nights you're going to go, ugh, this is going to be a struggle.
1: Yeah, and there's going to be nights where they're competitive for good portions of the game. And then they're gonna struggle, and that's gonna wind up turning a a, a nice night into a into a loss. I mm-hmm. mean, I think, you know, last night's a, a perfect example of that. Competitive for two quarters, and they give up forty in the third, and the Spurs wind up winning that game, going away.
2: But you tell me tonight, aren't you sitting back tonight going, got a shot? You're telling me I got a shot.
1: Right? Yeah, I mean, I think they got a shot, but I think they could all they could also very easily lose tonight. I know, but tonight like, there's no game on the schedule where I say the Warriors the Warriors aren't losing tonight. There's no game on that schedule where that's it, like there were games on the schedule the last six years where there's no way the Warriors were losing that night. Those games don't exist anymore. They could lose any game to any opponent any night now.
2: Washington Wizards, New York
1: Knicks, any, two of the worst any, teams any in the game. Yep,
2: Pelicans. Thunder could lose to any. Kings of are in that conversation right now. Memphis Grizzlies, you can't say that about the Grizz. This is the night where the, the Warriors are the team. The the Warriors are going to be favored against the the Grizz, no matter if it's in Memphis or it's here. You're, you still
1: think that's a coin flip? Yeah, it's a coin flip. Hmm. The Warriors are in the this Warriors team without Curry and without like again this Warriors team without Looney. You know, heck, Draymond might not even be playing tonight. Now that he's dealing with a, a a finger issue, and we'll we'll play the audio, we still haven't done that of Draymond talking about you know his finger injury. He might not be out there tonight. You might have none of the All Stars that you've had that are a part of this championship core playing tonight. Then you're just going. You're just seeing the team without
2: having to drive to Santa Cruz.
1: The reality is, this Warriors team is in the category of those teams that you mentioned: yeah. Charlotte and the Pelicans and the Knicks and the Wizards, and Sacramento, that's just, right. just reality. This team right this second that's out there. Now, you add Curry to the mix, I think they're a level better than that. You add Clay back to the mix, they're another level maybe better than that. It, But this is just reality right now. You know what, and I'm going gonna, I'm
2: gonna to try to make this a positive. If you're in the discussion with the Wizards and the Knicks and the Kings and the Pelicans and the Thunder and the Grizzlies, if you're in that discussion of teams, Suns, Although they've played better than that early. Yeah, I actually think the Suns have made... You want to know something? Last year's most unwatchable Western Conference team that you never even thought twice about watching, they're the IT team this year. Whether DeAndre Ayton's on the floor or not, if you've got the league pass, you're going to pick up a Phoenix Suns game. If If your team's not playing that night, Phoenix is the team to watch, regardless of that. Of the teams that I gave you in that list, the Kings, the Pels, the Thunder, the Grizz, the Knicks, the Wizards, those teams... I think the Warriors can turn it around and become competitive faster than any of those other teams who they're currently in the same box with.
1: But I think that goes to the, the points and, and the comments from Ramona's piece and, and we're now joined by the great Ramona Shelburne of ESPN, senior writer ESPN How awesome is that? Ramona, thanks a lot for coming on. We really appreciate it. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm I, I you know, it's a it's a Saturday morning and I know that Folks in the Bay Area are probably coming to grips with a pretty sad, harsh reality at this point, right? Like, is that, is that what it feels like up there? That
1: yeah. is what it feels. Well, we were just having the debate of you know, yeah. the Warriors are in the conversation. You know, they're playing Charlotte tonight, and it's they are Charlotte and the Knicks and the Wizards and some of these other teams right now. You know, Phoenix from a year ago, and and maybe again, just being real about it, maybe with less talent than some of those teams with all of the guys that are not playing for the Warriors.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's amazing. Like, I, we've all kind of gone through this, like, process of recognition of just where the Warriors actually are over the last couple of months. Like, you know, there is tape of me on television and in radio interviews, like, saying, like, they're going to be fine.
1: Clay's coming back. Right. <laughs> Could still win a championship if everything swung right. Like, that wasn't crazy a month ago.
0: It's amazing, right? And um, I guess that there—that expression "life comes at you fast" is, is what, <laughs> right? Like, wow, that happened fast. Um, but I think what the what you know the, the thing for the Warriors is that this is not a, this is not like you've fallen off the cliff and you can't get back. This is just a reset here. This is, in a lot of ways, it feels like a continuation of what was happening in the finals last year, where it was like. Everybody was getting hurt, like all of the wheels were falling off. And I think it's just kind of what happens sometimes when you push your body, you push your mind, you push, you know, a group of men to, to be together, to, put, to play at the highest level, to, to grind all that, that long and that hard for five years straight. Like, they get a little break, but it's not the same, you know, as, as every other year because oh, by the way, there's a bunch of drama every summer, too, and they had to go to China one of those years. I mean, I I think it it just feels like hangover from the finals, and it's it's a reset year, even more so than I think that they anticipated now with the injured steps.
2: Yeah, Ramona, you're absolutely right. You take a look at that five-year stretch, and I believe the number of playoff games they played was 83, which, again, on their bodies and their minds, another full season of NBA action just based on playoff games alone. But you had a unique chance to talk to Joe Lacob. A a great piece over at ESPN.com about tanking or how you move forward. When you talk to the guy who I maintain, I know Steve Kerr's competitive, and so is Steph, and so is Draymond. No one comes close to being as competitive as Joe Lacob. Where is he in this whole remake, moving into a new building, knowing he wants to compete and remain relevant? Where is his demeanor and attitude in the in the reshaping of his prize possession?
0: Um, you know what's interesting about Joe and I I think people like like I, I feel like I understand Joe because I've talked to him a lot over the years and I've seen just the way he operates in business, not just in um and not just in basketball, right? Like just how he's built his his company is like the man is actually not afraid to fail. Like, he says this a lot. He says, You know, I've built a lot of companies that didn't work out. I mean, that's what you do when you're a venture capitalist, right? You, you try, you try things sometimes they don't work, but you go really, really, you put everything into it and you give it every chance to succeed until you have enough evidence that it's not working. And when it's not working, like, you just cut bait and go. Like, that's, that's, you move on to the next project. And so I think that if you understand his, Business mindset. He's still in this place where it's like, oh, we're not, we're not quitting on this. We're not, we're not trying. Like, I think he's realistic. Like, he obviously knows that it's going to be a really tough stretch here for the next couple of months. But organizationally and messaging-wise, and even just like from the top down, I think he recognizes that if he starts joking about, oh, it's a reset year. If he starts even saying that under his breath or to people in the organization out loud. That everybody hears it and everybody thinks it's okay now. And I think what he recognizes is that this team may be a team where it's, you know, nobody's really counting on them to do much, but the organization still has those championship kind of goals. And so this isn't about like whether you're going to tank or not for one year. This is about your whole organizational mindset. But if, if I'm trying to speak Joe to you, right, like to help you understand that because,
1: Ramona Shelburne, our guest here on ninety five seven. The game, uh, Ramona. I'm going to lay out a, 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 a what I deemed a wild hypothetical, but I want to run it by you. Uh, and I'll do. I'll run through it quickly. Curry, Clay, Draymond come back next year. They're all healthy. Kevon Looney gets the the neuropathy deal handled at some point this year. He's healthy. Uh, I, I, there's a group of four young players. Jacob Evans, Jordan Poole, Eric Paschal, uh, Alan smiley who we haven't seen because he's had an ankle injury. Those are the four players that I focus on when you think player development. And then I say top 10 draft pick, trade exception, mid-level exception, and D'Angelo Russell as a wild card. He either stays or he goes to get you a pretty good player or he goes to maybe get you a couple of role players in trade you add all that up and this could be a championship contending team again a year from now, is that pie in the sky crazy or is that realistic?
0: I mean, I I think it's realistic. Like I, I think that's, if you look at what they really need. Okay. And I, I think if you, if you look at what, what they're missing off of the teams that have been championship contenders, right? Obviously that Durant guy, Okay. (laughs) can't replace them. Yes. But it's what, they they did go to the finals two years in a row without us, right? They they did go to the finals with with the pretty much the group you're talking about. The two pieces that you're that we don't see are Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala. And why are those guys important? Well, the Warriors were built on the idea of on two ideas: strength in numbers and positional positionless defense, right? Like positionless basketball. So. Sean Livingston is a very tall point guard. He can guard small forwards. He can guard power forwards. Andre Iguodala can guard one to five. Draymond can guard one to five. The reason why their defense always works so well is that all those guys were so good on the perimeter defense, but could just switch everything. And when you have a defense like that, it really, I mean, as much as their offense, as Steph Curry and, and Clay's shooting changed the NBA in the way that we think of facing an offense today, like, their, their ability to switch everything on defense is is just as important. And I think of all those players you named, like, okay, you, you, Clay can do that when he comes back. Draymond can do that when he's, when he's healthier, when he's back. Um, but that group of young players that you named, there's going to have to be two or three of them who become elite defensive players like that if the Warriors want to get back to where they have been. They Ramona, have to be able to, to be
1: elite defenders. Ramona, I want to just follow up on the, on the other part of that, and it's and it's the the headliners. It's Curry, it's Thompson, it's Draymond Green. Uh, we talked about yeah, they they won a championship before Durant got here. They won seventy three games before Durant got here. The, the only caveat to that is by the time they would be doing it a year from now, it would be five years from the point at which those three were, were the leaders to this thing is there enough prime left in your mind for those three to carry the load if you get the other uh you know players that you're talking about as far as the role players to to fill in some of the gaps
0: yeah I mean I think so like I like you know you look at it like players when they tend to age out right when does the prime tend to, to end i I think it's pretty pretty consistently around 34, 35-ish, 30, you know, when you get into your real mid-30s. But it's also but the, but – I'm basing that off of, like, okay, uh, Dwayne Wade, Kobe, LeBron James – LeBron's 34, going to be 35 this year. He looks pretty darn good still. And that's a guy who played – that's a guy who, who came straight to the NBA at high school, so he's been playing a lot of games for a lot of years. And has and went to um, uh, you know more straight finals than the Warriors, right? So I think you can I think you look at recent history and, and say like okay, some of that has to do with you know just genetics. Like he's just an incredible, he has incredible genetics for longevity and all that. But but you know he also works at it really well. Well, all those guys really work at it. The one I would say Draymond maybe is not the the workout you know monster that Steph would be or or that that clay would be right like maybe he's not known for that but i think he's got better like you know we all have been talking to him and he's been writing he's done a few stories lately on um how he's lost weight he's hired a personal chef like he seems to be taking that side of the game a little bit more seriously plus remember these weren't guys who went straight from high school to the nba so they don't have the the heavy mileage on them that lebron or kobe did as, as who jumped straight into the nba and started playing 82 game seasons so I, I think they got. I, I think they each have probably a good two to four years of the prime left. Um, that's, that's a nice championship window still, right?
2: That's a fair. That's a fair window. Speaking of Draymond, though, as much as he got the personal chef, there's a story about Halloween where he had his uh, he had his uh, little one with him, and they were going for the big candy bars. So I was wor- I was a little worried about Draymond. They were he found the house and was say, giving the giving out the big candy bars, Ramona, and he was going for seconds. So that's all I know. I saw
0: that's, that. Yes. You know what? You know what? You gotta you gotta also counter counterbalance that with. Raymond loves being a dad so much. You guys, like, did you did you hear his quotes on Steph? Yeah, right? where he was like, "I'm not worried about our team. I'm worried about Steph, the, the father who can't pick up cannon and can't play with Bryce." I mean, like, like he is full on dad mentality now. Like, he thinks about other dads too. So, I think that's really been a huge change. I mean, I've known him since he's coming to the league. I, I remember meeting him coming out of Michigan State. Like, that to me is like one of the biggest things personally that I've seen change in Draymond ever since he's become a father and, and really embraced that role.
2: Can I just hang out with Ramona Shelburne during the day? sounds like you'd be fun just to hang with, you know, just to kick back and chat. <laughs> and in fact, I was trying to figure out, I know that you, you were busy this morning. I was wondering, were you, were you filing another story or were you doing, you know, uh, were you doing uh, yoga or were you getting a big uh, workout? And what was your morning like today?
0: Oh, uh, playing with my, I have a one-year-old.
1: There you go. So you're a mom, and <laughs> yeah. that would have been my pick, would have exactly. been being, being yeah. mom. So I with
0: my one-year-old, and it just kind of got away from me, and I was like, oh, my gosh. That's 13, okay. I got to get ready. Right. I'm actually driving to yoga, so. There you go, I, see. <laughs> I, like, I usually call you guys on my drive to yoga, and the my husband watches the baby, and that's, like, our, that's our train, you know? <laughs> like, you, I got to go do it. Do you
2: ever do the hot room yoga? I'm supposed, I've got an issue with my neck, and then my guy I tells ever, me I got to do yoga.
0: No. I did it one time, and I will never do that. Really? Yeah, that, that's like a special kind of hell to me. Oh,
2: that's a good tip. That's a good yeah. tip. I need to know that because i got to get into the yoga. Just do
0: – just do. Just do um, I go to something called the Yangar Yoga. So there's – let me describe this to you. So I'm in L.A., which is probably – I mean, we give San Francisco a run for its money in terms of yoga capital. Yeah, I know. Sure, no doubt. <laughs> All right. So um, – I, there's a couple of yoga. There's yoga where you're like trying to get a cardio workout in where it's like a yoga flow, is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're like, you, it's, I find that to be frustrating because right when I get into the pose that I want to stay in, they're like, all right, and let's breathe and move in. You know, and you're like, uh. no, no, no. Let's stay here.
1: <laughs> right. So stay <laughs> and then you might here. not have the energy left, right, to, to right. get back into the pose because you're wiped from the cardio part.
0: Correct. So like, if you're doing yoga for the cardio, that means, you know, more power to you. But like, I find it frustrating because I'm doing a bit of stretching and the relaxation, right? And like the Saturday morning hour and a half yoga know, class is like my thing, right? I gotta I, that's I cool have to do it, and it it's more of a sitting around and, and sometimes it's just laying on pillows, right? It's like were sure, the class. you might want to start with that, and then you'll be like, this is great. <laughs> oh man, that's
2: it, yeah, that's it. That sounds like the day. Hey, but I'm glad you got some family time, time with the little one. Now you get a little Ramona time, and then it's
1: back to work. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Ramona. We really appreciate Thanks, the Ivan. time, as always. You got it. All right. Ramona Shelburne she joining us happy here. happy all the time. On 95.7 The Game. She, she just, just seems terrific. happy. She's terrific. You know what I mean? You know, like, some people, um, you know, like...
2: I, I, a lot of people rip Dick Stockton when he does games. He seems so happy that yeah. he, whatever game he's doing.
1: Ramona doing seems
2: just happy about whatever story she's covering yeah. or talking to you on the on an interview well, like
1: this. I just want to hang with her. Sports is interest. Yeah, you know, you know, it's you know you've had this conversation from time to time. You know when you're in the business a long time, mm-hmm. some people. Now I don't have this issue, and I, I mean you don't stay in it as long as you have if you do. Yeah. But some people they lose the they lose the enjoyment of hey there's a game tonight. <laughs> yep. Hey, there's a game tonight. Like when I walk into any building, whether it's Levi's or I was in Arizona the other night, going yeah. into Chase Center last night, even last night, where it looks like, hey, this Warriors team's going to take a few on the chin. There's still that. There's still the buzz and the energy and the and the, and the butterflies awesome. with, hey, don't there's a big it. game tonight. Don't lose it. That's and a lot the... of people lose it. I don't think Ramona's lost it. No, nope,
2: she has not. I'm, I'm telling you, if you ever get a chance to meet someone in this industry, ask them what they do, what they're doing that night. And there's a big difference between the ones who say. I get to go to see the Warriors tonight, and the ones who say I have to go to see pick your team tonight. The ones who say I have to go see the Giants tonight, you know what? They've lost their love for the game.
1: Yeah, you don't, don't have don't to go. Happen.
2: You don't have to go to a sporting event. You get to go to a sporting event.
1: All right, we're halfway through. Okay, on a Saturday, it's like John it. Dickinson, Jim we will react to Ramona Shelburne. That's uh, all coming up here. Warriors this week, ninety-five-seven. The game.
2: Now back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The
1: Game. John Dickinson, Jim Cozumore. We're halfway through here on a Saturday. 888-957-9570. 957 9570 Warriors and the Charlotte Hornets tonight. The Warriors already shorthanded with the loss of Stephen Curry. And we uh, get to some of this Draymond Green audio. Uh, right here off the jump, because Draymond Green is now dealing with an issue. So you're already down. Oh, my God. You're already down Klay Thompson. You're already down Kevon Looney. You're already down Stephen Curry. And now let, let's hear from Draymond Green after the ball game last night, because this just kind of popped up out of nowhere.
3: I hurt my finger. A little ligament action. But it is what it is. What's up with tomorrow? I don't know. We'll see. was pretty sore. I couldn't grip the ball the whole entire, uh, probably since the second quarter, which is why I was making a lot of one-hand, right-handed passes and dribbling left with my right hand because <laughs> couldn't really grip the ball. So we'll see. Um, you know, hopefully it will calm down a little bit overnight, but who knows. What uh, did they say I don't know. They just told me that they see some swelling and – You'll get the rest of that answer from Raymond. So I don't really know. (laughs) So there you go. Raymond
1: Ritter? Doesn't sound like a guy that's playing tonight, necessarily.
3: No,
2: no. And it it sounds, now it's not a defeatist attitude, but it's kind of like, I got the sense from his voice, it's like, oh man, can you believe it? Could another thing go wrong over here? For crying out loud. It's almost like they're saying, oh, I get it. Basketball gods, you don't have to come down on all of us at once for crying out loud. Um... But maybe they're just uh, – you know what? They are dealing with the reality. This is what their reality is now. It's not their new norm, but it is their reality right now. Um, And if he doesn't have to play, why play? If he doesn't have to go,
1: why go? I think that's going to become one of the themes of this Warrior season as much as – and we just had Ramona Shelburne on and She had the, the Joe Lacob quote. We will fight like hell, develop our young guys, learn to win. You don't get better by...
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And
1: each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month. with Eligible trade-in when you switch.